Welcome to the start of a brand new series. This is Inside Marketing Design, and in each episode, I'll be giving you an inside look into how marketing design works at various different tech companies. If we haven't met before, then hi, I'm Charlie. I'm marketing design lead at ConvertKit, which is a remote tech company making email marketing software for creators. And I thought I would kick off episode one with the thing I know best, and that is how marketing design works at ConvertKit. I'm gonna be telling you about what role marketing design plays within our company, the types of projects that I work on, the process that I use to get work done. Uh, and in future episodes, I'll be getting on calls with my peers in the industry, with marketing designers working at other companies and hearing how things work for them. I think it's gonna be really interesting to hear about the similarities and the differences and that we're all gonna learn a lot. I wanted to create this series because there is so much design content out there that's focused on product design, UI, UX, even freelancing, you know, there's a lot out there for that, but us marketing designers, there's just not so much for us. I wanna learn from my fellow marketing designers and be seeing more marketing design related content. And so that's what we're gonna get into. We're gonna dig deep into this marketing design niche in this series. Inside Marketing Design is available in both audio and video form. Video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash charliemarietv, and audio in, well, hopefully whatever podcasting app you use. Search for Inside Marketing Design on there and subscribe to it. You can also get links to all of the episodes on insidemarketingdesign.co. All right, with all that said, let's get into the details of today's episode. Like I said, we are gonna be digging deep in these episodes, we're gonna be talking in detail about processes, about company structure and, and tools and all of that nitty gritty marketing design detail. So let me tell you about how marketing design works at ConvertKit. First off, a little about the company itself. We are a fairly small tech company. There's about 53, something like that, people uh, on the team at the moment. And we do have a goal to keep the team as small as possible. So that's been growing very slowly over the three years that I've been there. Like I said before, we make email marketing software for creators and it was that target audience that really drew me to wanting to work at the company in the first place. I'm a creator myself, you know, I've got a YouTube channel, got a podcast, those types of things. And so I was excited about the opportunity to design for that audience. And it has been really fun. We are fully remote. So the company is based in the US, but we don't actually have a headquarters or like an office anywhere. Everybody works from home, fully distributed. Um, most of the team are in the US because the company is based there, but I'm over here in Europe and there's a few other people on the team based in Europe as well. In terms of the makeup of the team, I am the only marketing designer on the team. Uh, we do have three product designers and then Nathan, our CEO, is a designer himself as well, has a design background, so he'll step in to design for the product every now and then too. But yeah, I'm the only one handling design from the marketing side. I sit within the marketing team. So my manager is the director of marketing you know, just in terms of the org structure of the company. Uh, we don't have an official design team. Like there's no head of design or anything like that running a design team, but all of us designers in the company do gather together as a design team, quote unquote, uh, every two weeks for a design meeting where we discuss 
like, I don't know, any design topics that need to be talked about to do with our brand, design system, whatever. And that's also a time when we can ask for feedback from each other as well. So that's really helpful. But yeah, really, I am part of the marketing team. And that is where the marketing design role sits at ConvertKit. Because we have this like company value, like I said before, of uh, keeping the team small, we really do lean on outsourcing for projects every now and then, like working with freelancers. We're not afraid to do that. That's been quite different for me. I haven't had that experience at other companies. Previous places I've worked, if there was like a need arose within the company, they would hire to fill it. But at ConvertKit, we try and see what we can do to increase our capacity, whether it's working with a freelancer, improving our processes or whatever to be more efficient before we decide that we need an actual person to fill this role uh, on the full-time team. So we work with freelancers on the marketing side. There's a graphic designer who works for us part-time on a freelance basis, which is really helpful. I'll go into more details of how that works and um, like how that fits in with my role later on. But yeah, I suppose that is extra capacity in the marketing design space within the team with this part-time graphic designer. So that's a little bit about the team and how we divide up the work that gets done. Um, in terms of my responsibilities as the marketing design lead, as the name suggests, I lead the marketing design efforts at ConvertKit. So the lead in my title isn't at this stage like a people management type of leadership. It's more um, like project management, but yeah. Um, I'm responsible for the design of Anything that's not the product, basically. So uh, we're talking the marketing website, any sort of branded assets and imagery, things for events. All of that is stuff that I'm responsible for. It doesn't mean that I need to be the one designing it, because like I said, we have this part-time graphic designer, Holly, who um, handles a lot of the imagery needs, which frees me up to work on the website, which I really love, love having that capacity. But uh, it is still my responsibility to coordinate getting all that stuff done, if that makes sense. And because my manager is not a design manager, but he's the director of marketing for the company. So, you know, handling all of the marketing efforts. Uh, that means that it's really my responsibility to be checking things are on brand, that they're like setting the standard for the level of quality we want to meet with our design efforts and that I'm not having my work like design approved as such. I'm obviously getting feedback from the team on everything that I do and like getting final sign off on the information, etc. I am responsible for making sure things are on brand at ConvertKit and that they are at the level of quality that we want to have happen. Because we're a small team, that also means that I end up doing not just design work. Uh, like I said, I do project management stuff as well. I lead our site squad. So we uh, break our teams up into squads for various content areas, I suppose, is a way to describe it. Within the marketing team, we have a content squad who handles the production of all of our content that we put out. We have the affiliate squad, which handles... Uh, our affiliate marketing needs, a data squad, and we have the site squad, which at this stage is just myself and a front-end developer, Corey. Um, before Corey joined the team about like a little over a year ago, I was also responsible for coding everything on the marketing site, but I'm very grateful that we decided that there was a need there to hire a front-end developer full-time so that I could focus on the design stuff because uh, yeah, before that I was splitting my time between designing and then also bringing my designs to life through code. 
So I lead the site squad, which means I'm managing projects that we're doing on our marketing website. I'm also the one who does all my own like user research. We don't have a separate researcher on the team or anything like that. So I'm doing research and running A-B tests as well. Because um, one of the main metrics that I'm responsible for within the business is our website conversion rate. So that's what I'm thinking about and what I'm always trying to improve. All right, let's talk about what the marketing team at ConvertKit focuses on. Because obviously what the marketing team focuses on ends up being what I focus my work on. We're very digital at ConvertKit. I would guess that's the same case for the majority of tech companies. I suppose we'll find out in this series. It's very rare for me to have to design print stuff. There is the odd occasion where like we run a conference as a company once a year and uh, sometimes we'll have a sponsored booth at other conferences. So, you know, might be print stuff to do with that, like a flyer or a stand or something. But for the most part, it's digital. So the work is designing improvements to our website, whether it's a new page or an improvement on an existing page, or it's creating imagery to promote the various content and like an online workshops we're putting out. Like I mentioned before, we have a graphic designer, Holly, who handles most of the imagery needs now, which is cool. So she does most of that stuff and I mostly focus my time, uh, my design time anyway, on the website. As a marketing team at ConvertKit, we're very good at creating content and um, where we're trying to improve is in promoting that content. We put a lot of time and effort into making things and then like once it's done, we just wanna go ahead and make the next thing. But obviously the job of a marketing team, part of it is to be promoting the stuff that you're making, obviously. And so that's like, uh, yeah, an area that we're working on right now. We're trying to do less one-off things and create more systems in place and be reusing assets so that uh, as a small team, our efforts are, are going further. We'll run promotions that the whole team works on. Like we've done Cyber Monday for the past few years. Um, we run challenges where it's like 30 days to build landing page and get subscribers and you can win prizes based on that. That sort of thing is always really fun to work on bringing the whole team together. We also are just, like I said, producing really great content. So we have someone on the marketing team who is a full-time storyteller where she's interviewing people who use ConvertKit and telling their stories about their businesses, their lives. And it's uh, like, obviously the point is to promote ConvertKit, but it, like sometimes the stories don't even mention ConvertKit, you know, we're, we're kind of playing the long game there with just wanting to produce really high quality stuff and, and get it out there. And that that's like what we want to be known for. So yeah, I love, I love that attitude towards things. I love being a part of that because uh, it really helps me to set a high standard for my designs as well. I mentioned A-B testing before, but that is a huge focus for us as a team as well, because we are a small team. There is eight people on the marketing team, kind of like, you know, no one's role is duplicated either. Everyone is responsible for a separate area of marketing uh, or like, you know, a different skill set. We do a lot of testing because of that, because we want to make sure that our efforts are like, we're maximizing our efforts. So we have in the past used a tool called Northstar where we'll set a goal of like improving the site conversion rate, for example, and everyone is adding to this tool their ideas for improving the website conversion rate. Then we try them out, measure them, see what works, and then we know what to like double down on. So I really like that way of working as well. It's really fun and uh, it helps us like learn things about where to focus our efforts. Since I mentioned Northstar, let's very quickly touch on some more tools that are a part of our process before we get into like the details of uh, getting a project done, which is what I'm going to talk about next. So the design software that we use at ConvertKit is Figma. We switched from Sketch a couple of years ago and we really love Figma because it's collaborative 
And Figma kind of acts as our file storage system as well, because everyone is, all the designers are in Figma and we can just see everyone else's projects in there. Um, I personally use Dropbox to store my own files, but we also have like Google Drive as a company for accessing documents and things like that. I think in future, if our team grows, we're going to need more of like a collaborative design team file storage system to be able to easily access assets and things like that. But right now, because of Figma, everything is in there as a component and we can all access things. Everyone else in the company can access all of our branded assets through our website, even like anyone in the world could actually convertkit.com slash brand. They can get all our logos and some imagery and things like that. So um, yeah, there hasn't been a need yet for a team-wide design file storage system outside of Figma, but I have a feeling that will arise. And I also have a feeling that maybe that might shock some people listening. I don't know. Let me know if you think that's weird that we don't um, all have access to each other's like saved assets, I suppose. I do also still use the Adobe suite for a lot of things, definitely for any sort of print design, but also for creating assets here and there too. Like recently I've been working in After Effects to create some animated things to, to go on our website and some product gifts, that sort of thing. So that definitely still gets use. Our marketing website is built on WordPress and we use a bootstrap framework on it. We mostly just use like the grid and like structure system from Bootstrap though, not so much like the button system and you know, all the other components. Then of course, because we're a remote company, we use Slack for communication, Basecamp for project management, Zoom for video calls. Uh, and I've also been using a tool called Pingpong for remote like user interviews that I do with creators to get their thoughts on our website. Well, I don't know if that was interesting or not, or if that was just me naming a bunch of tools in a row, but that's sort of like the setup that we work with. Let's talk about the process now, because this is honestly the part that I'm most excited to learn about from other people. And so I want to share in detail what it looks like to get work done on a marketing design project at ConvertKit. If it's a smaller project, like if someone says, hey, I need an image for this social media profile or like to give to this conference, put in their booklet or whatever, um, I sometimes I'll do it, but for the most part now that we have Holly working part-time for us uh, on a freelance basis, I send that over to her to get done. We do have like a form that people in the company can fill out when they have a smaller need like that, but honestly it hasn't had much use yet. I haven't done a very good job of instituting that as part of the process. So for the most part, it just comes from someone tagging me in Slack or in Basecamp being like, hey, can you do this for me? And I'll handle it from there. I do think that needs some more structure and some more automation to it. Um, but yeah, let's let's focus on talking about a bigger project though, because I feel like that's and that's just the work that I enjoy doing more. So that's what I'm focused talking about. Um, a bigger project for me is usually a new web page or an update or an overhaul of an existing page on our site. Sometimes it might be like a whole microsite. For example, our conference is a separate website. But for the sake of this example, let's talk about a new page on the marketing site. These usually come about when someone at the company spots like a need or an area of opportunity for an improvement, or sometimes it's something that I just see as well through my research that I'm doing or like, you know, improvements that I want to make. It might be, for example, and we're launching a new feature as part of our product. So we need a new feature page for it. Maybe like at the moment I'm working on a redesign of our homepage to fit with a new direction we're going in for brand advertising. Or maybe for example, I will have been doing a bunch of user research and been hearing from people that there's these like, 
hiccups on our pricing page that are stopping them from, from going further. And so I want to redesign the pricing page to work on improving that. There's not like a formal briefing process where it's like, okay, formal brief submitted, Charlie, this is what you're going to be working on. I like this way of working. I like that it feels more like the need arises as a company and we all just start moving that direction and start going there rather than me having to be asked what to do. And I also like having the freedom to choose my own projects or see, I think this needs to be done and um, that I have the trust in the leadership at our company to go ahead and do that. But however the project has arisen, once we've decided we're working on it, what usually happens first is a conversation. We talk about what needs to happen with this page, like why are we needing it? What sort of information do we need to express on it? I actually really love redesigning an existing page. It's one of my favorite things about being uh, an in-house designer because then I can look back at the data that we have on the existing page and be like, okay, this is how it's working and these are some like areas of things we can improve. So that's always really fun. So from a conversation which will happen either asynchronously in Basecamp or over a video call, uh, I'll then sort of synthesize and not, a, not really write a brief as such, but more make some notes about what I think the page needs to do. And from there, I'll start to think about what content would go on the page. And by content, I do not mean the copy. I don't mean the exact words that will end up on the page. We have a very talented writer on our team uh, who will write the marketing pages, but often I'll kick off a project by thinking about the content that needs to go on the page. So for example, we need to talk about this part of our landing pages feature, and then maybe we should go into talking about this part. These four points really need to express that, that sort of thing. That's what I mean by content. So I'm not writing the copy, but I'm figuring out in general what we're going to talk about. Sometimes that comes from other people, but usually uh, I'm the one synthesizing that from a conversation that I've had. And from there, I go ahead and create a wireframe based on the content. Maybe it's because I'm the only marketing designer. Maybe it's because we're remote or I don't know, just the way that we do things. But um, I would say the process is collaborative, but we also like if you th think of a process as two lines of me being one line, the rest of the team being another, they sort of like come together, then go apart again throughout a project. So uh, when I'm in the wireframing stage, I'm just on my own doing wireframing and I'll only really share it with the team when I'm ready for feedback, when I'm at a stage where I'm like, I need some help, or maybe uh, I'm pretty happy with this and I need approval from you if you think it's the right idea for me to go forward with. I really like to only ask for feedback when I need it. So because we don't have regular design reviews or anything like that, like other companies might do, uh, I can really choose when I want to share. And even though we have our design team meetings every two weeks, I might not share something every two weeks with feedback because I only want to share when I feel like I'm ready to receive that feedback and when I need it. Because if there's still things that I could be doing myself, I don't want to waste people's time by asking for feedback too early. So after I've wireframed and I'm ready for feedback, I share it with the team. I do this usually by uploading the design to Envision and leaving some tour points some comments about it. We do that instead of getting on a call and me presenting it as such because then everyone can digest in their own time and also like use Envision to leave comments as well with their own thoughts. And at this stage, what I'm asking people for is their thoughts on the structure of the page. Cause like I said, there hasn't been a formal brief or anything like that happen. So this is the first time that people are really seeing in detail the content areas that I've put on the page and the amount of space approximately I've left for each point. 
So this is a time when, say, our writer or you know, some maybe the product manager can say, "Hey, you've left out this point," or "I don't think this is going to be enough room to talk about everything we need to say about this particular feature." So that needs some rethinking. Or maybe this is actually more important; it needs to be moved up the hierarchy. That's the sort of feedback that I'm looking for at this point. So once I've gathered feedback from the team on the structure of the page and we're kind of happy with the direction that it's going in, that is when usually our copywriter Danny will start to work on the exact copy for the page. And meanwhile, I'll be off, like, you know, think of our line splitting apart again. I'll be off doing the design side of things. I tend to share with, with Danny and also with Corey, the developer, much more often during the process, basically showing them things being like, hey, I think I'm thinking about changing this up. So that changes the amount of like space you have to write. Is this gonna fit, do you think? So that's kind of like a more more regular in contact and, and like feedback cycle with those two people during a project. I often share with the other designers as well along the way, especially in this like more visual design phase. That's what I call it. I would love to know if anyone has a better word for this phase of a project. Cause I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. Um, but yeah, in this phase, I am likely to show the other designers a screenshot of like a certain element that I'm working on to get their thoughts, like some quick thoughts um, along the way. And when Danny finishes the copy, she'll share it with me and I'll add it into the design, obviously. And uh, that's when usually I'll share with the wider team for like a final feedback-ish stage, uh, depending on like how complex the project has been. There's no formal like sign off on, okay, this page is ready to go. But I'll always want to ensure that the person who the page, like who requested the page is happy with it. So say it's a page about our affiliate program that was requested by our affiliate manager. I want to make like sure that I get her feedback before we call it done and go into the build phase. Um, I also always want the opinion of the director of marketing, my manager, my boss. But uh, usually for the most part, he just, he trusts my opinion on things. And like by this stage, because he's been involved in giving feedback in earlier rounds, uh, you know, I already know he's happy with the direction and that, you know, where we're going. But once everyone's happy though, that's when I'll prepare a page for build. I don't do any redlining or that sort of thing. Um, what preparing a page for build looks like for me is making sure I put just the final file into a separate page in Figma because as I design, if you've watched my videos before and like watch some of my design videos, you will have seen the many, many canvases and frames that I end up with. Uh, for a project with many different iterations. So I want to make sure that it's clear for Corey which exact design he's meant to be building. So I put that into a separate page. Um, I'll also write up a GitHub issue with any particular notes about the page of functionality that it needs to have, um, referencing any, I don't know, any other pages on the site where we've done something similar in the past, because I know our site very well, uh, being the one who worked on it and like did the coding for it for three years. So it's, I don't know, it's just helpful if I can point that out. I'll also export any assets that need exporting and share a link to a Dropbox folder with him. But yeah, because I'm sharing the Figma file as the main way he's getting the design, I just do not see the need for me to mark up 20 pixels space between this thing. You know, he can use Figma to very easily check that for himself. And so I think that just saves everyone's time. You know, my time is better spent on moving on to the next project than it is on, you know, detailing every little thing in, in the design when it's just as easy for Corey to click on it and see it for himself. Again, that might be a controversial thing. I don't know. 
if that's the same case in other teams. We're going to find out in this series. So Corey has all that info. We'll usually, we have a stand-up meeting as a site squad at the start and end of every week. So we'll talk about it in one of those as well, just to make sure that he doesn't have any questions and is clear on what needs to happen. He'll go ahead and build and he'll share with me for feedback when he gets to a point when he needs it. How I give him feedback is by taking screenshots of the page using the Chrome plugin. What is it called? Full page screenshot or something like that. Uh, and then I'll add that to Envision and leave my comments in line so it's clear for him which parts need some tweaking. Then once he's fixed those and he feels like it's kind of almost ready to go, we'll share it with the wider team, get them to look at it, poke around the site and um, check for any bugs because as I said before, small team, we don't have a separate QA role on the marketing team to be checking for these. So it's kind of like everyone's job, but especially me and Corey's. Once a project is shipped to, usually I will submit a data request to our data team. So they have like a handy form that I can fill out uh, where I'm like, I want to know what's happening on the pricing page. Um, I want to know this, 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 and this thing, this metric. Let's you know keep an eye on that. And they'll put together a dashboard for me to measure that. So that is kind of an overview of the process of getting some work done at ConvertKit. It's very collaborative in the way that like anyone and everyone has the opportunity to give feedback or to, you know, have input work on a project, but it's also kind of independent in a way that I'm just trusted and like left to get the work done, you know, unless it's a marketing team wide promotion that I'm building something for designing something for as well. Usually I'm setting my own deadlines too. Um, and I'll do this all in collaboration with my manager. But yeah, for the most part, there's a lot of independence there, which really suits me. Um, but I know also probably maybe wouldn't be right for a lot of other people. Let's move on now and talk about performance, um, both how a project is measured, like how do we know if a project has been successful, but also my work as the marketing designer, how my performance is evaluated. So as a company at ConvertKit, we use an OKR system for getting things done for setting goals. That stands for objectives and key results. If you haven't used that before at a different company, um, if you're interested in this, I would highly recommend reading the book, measure what matters. I'll leave a link in the show notes in the description if you're interested in that, but that really goes into the whole OKR setting process and like why it helps the business so-and-so. So every year uh, as a company, we have OKRs set, which is set by the director's team, our leadership team. Then every quarter, each individual team uh, will set team-wide OKRs. So we have marketing team Q2 OKRs. These are set by our director, but we also have an opportunity to give input to them, to give feedback. So that's really great that it's collaborative in that way. Um, and then as an individual, we then set our own OKRs based on what we can do to contribute to the team ones, if you're following me. <laughs> so I will look at our marketing team objectives and think about how my design work and like what I can do on our marketing site, especially to help towards that. And that from there is kind of sets what projects I'll be working on from the quarter. We like to aim high with these. And um, we like to say that achieving 100% of an objective or a key result is like meant to be the stretch goal. But if you only achieved 80% of it, then that's okay too. So for example, if I said I wanted to interview 10 creators and get their thoughts on the marketing site, but I only got to eight, that would be okay because 10 was a stretch goal. Performance reviews are more of a discussion about where you're at in your career and your role and what you're doing to progress and be moved to the next level. More of like a long-term growth conversation as well, of course, as any like issues that have arisen in 
in your work being brought up as well. But um, honestly, I feel like performance reviewing at ConvertKit isn't a big scary thing like it perhaps has been for me at other companies because every two weeks I have a one-on-one with my manager and that's always a chance to discuss performance. Like I trust that if there is an issue, he will bring it up with me in one of those meetings. And so a performance review is never really a surprise. It's more of like just formalizing the discussion and the like performance reviewing process. We have standardized salaries at ConvertKit. I don't know if perhaps you might've seen my video that I did about that. I shared all of the salaries for the five levels of the web design role at the company. Right now I am at a level four web designer. I was moved up last year from a level three. So around that time, my performance reviews were all focused on like talking about how I can move up to this next level, what skills I need to be demonstrating, that sort of thing in order to get that promotion. So yeah, that's what the purpose of performance reviews, I suppose, at the company. As for projects themselves, we like to set goals before we launch them. Um, we don't always do this though. Like if it's a promotion, we might be wanting a certain number of signups. Um, a new page on our marketing site should be helping towards the overall conversion rate objective, that sort of thing. Uh, and so we have the data team, like I said, who will produce charts and dashboards to measure all that stuff. We like to do pre-mortems and post-mortems sometimes when it's like a, a bigger project, especially. So a pre-mortem is us talking about how we think this is going to go, any problems we anticipate, any reaction we might anticipate, I don't know. And then a post-mortem is reviewing how the thing went. Kind of a morbid name for it, yes. So we have those discussions, they get saved into Basecamp and that's always handy for us to be able to refer to later on uh, when we come around to perhaps doing another version of that promotion of that project. And now I want to talk about challenges. What are some of the main obstacles that I face in my role in getting my work done? I would say the main challenge that I face as especially being the only designer at a company where we're wanting to stay a small team, but we also have super huge goals and like big things that we want to get done is balancing speed, efficiency, getting work done in a timely manner to like, you know, be able to move forward and move on to the next project, balancing that with quality. Um, you know, I have very high standards for my designs. And I've had to learn to like, I want to say pick my battles, but that's not the right word. More like um, pick my favorites with projects. So there'll be some projects that I do where I'm like, I'm just going to quickly get this done. I'm not going to go through a big, long iteration process. You just need an image. Okay, boom, here's an image. It'll fill your needs. You can promote that post or, you know, whatever the image is for. Um, getting that stuff done quickly to free up my time more to be spent on the higher impact projects like pages for our marketing site, for example. It sucks to not do your absolute very best, like, you know, intense, perfect work every time, but it's just the realities of, of the job. And honestly, like, even though it, it, I think it felt like more of a challenge to start with, now I kind of appreciate it because it gives me the freedom to just do something quickly so that I can free up time for the stuff that perhaps I'm more interested in. Cause I'm sure you've gotten a sense from this, um, this episode so far that I just love designing websites. It's one of my favorite things. Another challenge is getting people what they need um, or maybe what they don't even know they need. Those are two kind of different things. Let me explain. Early on, uh, there was obviously like way more work than I could handle as the only marketing designer. And so when people would ask me for something, I would often end up having to say, no, I'm sorry, like I can't prioritize that right now. There's just these other things in the business that require my attention more. And so let's hold off on doing this thing for you, which like sucks to have to say no to someone. But because of that, I feel like 
there became like a view in the company that I'm super busy, I don't have capacity. And so like, you know, design stuff, it's hard to get it done. Now that we do have capacity, I've got this whole like graphic designer working part-time on things. We have like loads more capacity to get stuff done design-wise. But I worry that people have stopped asking because I was saying no early on, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's something that I'm working through now is trying to encourage people to ask me for things and say, we do have capacity, we wanna help. Let us know how design could make you know things better for whatever thing you're doing. So yeah, that's something that I'm working on to like build that trust back up, I suppose. And then I also touched on getting people what they don't know they need. So we're a very like independent, talented team at ConvertKit. And sometimes people will make things for themselves. I'm often having to like step in when I see something happening, see that someone's made this thing and be like, hey, um, let me help you with that. So sort of saying, hey, you need me rather than them saying, I need you. So yeah, just keeping an eye on what's, what's out there, what people are doing within the company and um, stepping in when I need to, to make sure that all of the visuals and assets that we're putting out are on brand and matching our quality standards. Inevitably, there are things I miss and that is just a fact of life. And guess what? It's not the end of the world when it happens. Doesn't really matter that much. It's just something that I wanna stay on top of as much as possible because obviously your brand impression and like the level of quality of design impacts the quality people see in your in your product and like the opinion that they have of the brand. So I do care about it a lot and I wanna make sure I'm doing my best, but inevitably, some stuff does get missed that people try and do themselves. But I, I think we'll find in the series that maybe that's a common trait amongst many other in-house marketing designers. More personally, a challenge that I've been facing, especially lately, um, you know, having been at the company for three years, being the only marketing designer on the team has been really craving being pushed more in my designs um, because my manager isn't a design manager. You know, I can't really get the feedback from him at the level of detail that I need to really push my design skills. I know that everything I'm doing is meeting the business goals and like, you know, it's good enough for that, but I just, I have higher hopes for myself, I suppose. And I just want to do even better. And I want to make sure that I'm constantly improving. So that's been a bit of a struggle for me lately, being the only one who has all the context of the marketing site, et cetera, and being the only one really thinking about that all time, like 24 seven almost. Um, yeah, getting, getting feedback from other people to really push me design-wise has been hard. In these episodes, I also really wanna be asking all of the marketing designers that I talk to what areas of growth they see for themselves. I wanna know what areas people are trying to push into and where they're wanting to improve um, their plans for that, for that growth. And for me personally, an area that I'm really looking to grow in and continue to work on is my like user research and testing. I've absolutely loved learning how to conduct a user interview and watch someone use our site, what questions to ask, what prompts to give to get the right information that really helps me to improve it. And also running tests, like coming up with ideas for tests and hypothesis, hypotheses <laughs> for different design elements to test against each other in the process of running all that. Just getting smarter with that, making our website work a little harder for us and focusing our efforts. So I'm yeah really enjoying learning that and wanting to grow in that even more. Something else I wanna to touch on is the impact that marketing design has at each company that I talk to, because I think that marketing is, I wouldn't say overlooked, but it definitely wouldn't be viewed as the most important part of a business, you know, especially a tech company where product is usually the most important thing, right? You gotta get the product in order to sell. 
but I want to touch on the level of respect marketing designers feel and what opportunities they have for being involved in the rest of the company. At ConvertKit, we are a very transparent company, so I always have a pretty good idea of what other teams are working on, how the businesses are doing, that sort of thing. And we're also like everyone on the team, not just me as a marketing designer, but literally every single person is encouraged to share their opinion on a bunch of different business topics and the way that we're running the company. In our company meetings that we have each week, they're not really like um, a state of the union update meeting. We have a little bit of that for five minutes at the start, but the majority of the meeting is focused on a discussion topic. So for example, we had last year in a meeting about the how we think we'd fare in an economic downturn. What do we think the company needs to do to prepare, etc. It was a really great meeting. I learned a lot in it because I don't know much about the economy and that sort of thing. And I was really glad we had that discussion before, you know, the coronavirus hit and we did see a bit of an economic downturn. So it's cool to be asked to be involved in discussions like that and just feel like I play a bigger role in the business than just the pixels that I create for our marketing website. In general though, I do feel like marketing design is very highly respected in the company. People are usually very enthusiastic about the work that I'm doing. And so, yeah, I feel good about that. Lastly, I always want to end each episode by talking to a marketing designer about their favorite parts of their job. Nice to end on a positive note and also just nice to hear like what other people love in their role. And so for me, like I said, when I talked about my areas for growth, I'm loving testing and like being more involved with data and learning things that way. That's one of my favorite parts of my job, being able to have an idea for a test and having the independence and the freedom to go ahead and work with whoever I need to work with to make that happen. I absolutely love doing that. And I love learning things through seeing how people interact with the different design ideas that I have. And then another thing I love about being an in-house marketing designer, I think I also touched on it before, is being able to iterate and improve on work I've done in the past. I love being able to ship something, get it out there, see how it's doing, and then um, get a chance to improve on it later on when Perhaps my skills have increased as a designer. I have new information, new ideas, whatever. It's just really fun to be able to go back over your work in that way and think of ways you can do things better. So that, my friends, is a look inside marketing design at ConvertKit. I hope you found it interesting. If there are any points that you wish I covered that I didn't, um, I don't know. It was hard to think about, honestly, what to talk about in this episode because you don't know what you don't know, right? And things that seem very common and like, I don't know, just uh, like a given to me might be really new and different to you. So I don't know. Let me know what you think. You can leave a comment on the YouTube video or tweet me at Charlie Prangley. I would love to hear Hear your thoughts on this. Hear your thoughts on this episode, this idea for a show. Are you excited for more in the future? Let me know about it. I have some really exciting designers and companies lined up for you coming in future episodes. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed. InsideMarketingDesign.co will give you links to do all those things. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye.